Hello and welcome. I'm Sara Suarez, the Programming Manager at Zocalo Public Square. At Zocalo, our mission is to connect people to ideas and to one another. Everything we do is free and everyone is welcome. We publish original writing and present conversations like this one. Find us at ZocaloPublicSquare.org. We're about to hear from journalist and author Dan Moraine, who joins us today to discuss Kamala's Way, his recent biography of Vice President Harris, and her historic rise as a world leader. And I'm thrilled to introduce Kimberly Peeler Allen, who will interview Dan today. Kimberly is the co-founder of Higher Heights, a national organization building the collective political power of Black women. She's also a visiting practitioner at the Center for American Women in Politics at Rutgers University. Over to you, Kimberly. I am so thrilled to be here speaking with veteran California journalist Dan Moraine to discuss Vice President Kamala Harris's rise and remarkable career. Dan has covered California policy and politics and justice-related issues for more than four decades. He spent 27 years at the Los Angeles Times and eight years at the Sacramento Bee, where he edited, he, where he was the editorial page editor. And he published a new biography of Vice President Kamala Harris titled Kamala's Way, with, which explores her political career and campaign to become vice president. Dan, thank you so much for joining me. Well, it's it's a delight. Thanks for thanks for thanks for inviting me, and thanks to Zocalo Public Square, which is a great organization. Absolutely, this is a, a beyond timely conversation. So I've got to got to start with uh, you know when uh, President now President Biden named uh, then Senator uh, Harris his vice president, how quickly did you dig into your boxes for all of your reporter notebooks to start pulling together this book? Well, um, so, so I'm not a, uh, I don't squirrel very much away. And so I really had nothing. <laughs> I had nothing. And, and um, uh, you know, it was, it was really quite serendipitous how this book came, came to be. I did a uh, a piece for the Washington Post um, that uh, was time to run if Biden was going to pick her, and he did. And the editor on that on that column suggests I write a, a biography of Kamala Harris, and I thanked him, and uh, uh, he, uh, uh, but I didn't. And then a couple of weeks later, he sent me another email, said, "You know, you really should write a biography of Kamala Harris." So I talked it over with my wife, and and uh, said, sure, if you know somebody who's, who's interested in publishing it, give it a go. But I really had, you know, I had nothing <laughs> in my boxes squirreled away on, on Kamala Harris. Oh, that's fascinating, because you go um, really from her origin story um, all the way up to the present, or almost to the present, almost to the inauguration. And um, you really do such a tremendous job really talking through um, the policy and what the politics in Sacramento, in, um, in San Francisco and Sacramento, and then going to Washington, how all of those things played together. And her trajectory 
uh, you know, you talk a lot about, um, you know, throughout the book, why it's called Kamala's way is that, you know, she's, she has this way about her and it's not just, um, a, a personality thing. It's how she approaches making decisions. Um, but, you know, talk a little bit about the evolution of what Kamala's way looked like from the time she was, um, a prosecutor to DA all the way to being vice president elect. Well, you know, the way and Kamala's way has a couple different meanings. One is her path, her path uh, to to get from where she began in um, Oakland and Berkeley to, um, you know, a heartbeat away from the presidency. Um, but then it's also her style, her 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 manner. She's an incredibly strategic thinker. She's um, really smart. Uh, she's really tough. She's really charming. You see her in a crowd and she lights up a room. She's engaging, charismatic. I mean, kind of all of those things that are wrapped into this um, uh, really, you know, deft, uh, talented politician. And I say politician in, in um, uh, uh, not in a pejorative way at all. She just, she knows how to, she knows how to navigate her, her way through a campaign, through uh, uh, high elected office. She's, uh, she's good at what she does. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I loved how you captured both the, I guess for, you know, lack of, of better phrasing the the soft side and, and the harder side of her. Um, I first, uh, became aware of uh, her when she was AG and she was running for uh, for U.S. Senate, for the Senate seat. And uh, my organization, Higher Heights, endorsed her in 2016. And we had a lot of conversations with the campaign about, you know, what would we do? How could we be helpful? And um, as the campaign progressed and as she got to that point where it was, you know, pretty much a, a fait accompli that she was going to go to the U.S. Senate. I remember we had a uh, call with our membership across the country with all of our endorsed candidates. And at that point in time, it was uh, it was a, Attorney General Harris, as well as uh, Val Demings from Florida and Lisa Blunt Rochester um, from Delaware. And during that call, she talked more about them. Uh, which I think really, and and how much she needed them to be in the house with her and championing issues and was just so well prepared. And I think we this is something that we've seen throughout that she, you know, uh, you know, you talk about in the book that she people would say she was, you know, the first in the office and preparing and she just had a grasp of, of the situation at hand in a way that so many others didn't. And I think that really came through through in the book that yes she is this amazing person but she all you know this amazing uh, prosecutor amazing leader amazing senator um, but also the humanity of her that really comes through and I think there's like her all of her is it's like two sides of the same coin and you know her as a woman and a prosecutor uh, she got beat up quite a bit about whether or not she was too hard, too soft, where, where she, the, how she was making the decisions that she made, particularly you, know, you uh, talk immensely about um, the, uh, the death row case uh, that uh, has kind of followed her along. Uh, how do you see um, 
that kind of the the duality of her leadership and her experience um, really playing out uh, throughout her life. Well, you know, I've never been in the room where she uh, was running a meeting and 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 uh, on on a policy issue, but I certainly have talked to a lot of people who who were in those rooms, um, and she takes command. She's she she is. Um, uh, she's very tough. I mean, we all saw it when she questioned um, uh, President Trump's nominee to the U.S. Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh, or when she questioned Bill Barr or Jeff Sessions, his attorneys general. Um, she was incredibly tough. Um, she wasn't yelling. <laughs> you know, she was tough. She was, uh, uh, you, you can see that this is a woman who as a prosecutor would have been pretty good. She, she would have um, uh, done really well with hostile witnesses. Um, but she's also, you're right, she's, she, she can be very charming. If you saw her on Oprah or you saw her on The View, um, she, um, you know, she, she, she yucks it up. She, she has a good time. This is a, a, a person who um, really enjoys that part of being a politician. And you know, I think she probably also kind of likes, um, you know, asking the tough question of Brett Kavanaugh. So, oh, I think she definitely enjoyed that. Uh, between that and and the Jeff Sessions, I think those are like definitely in her highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things that you touch on on the book in the book, but don't really kind of dig into, is how much do you see? Um, race and gender really playing into her ability, um, you know, not just to have, uh, you know, to generate support, because I think there was definitely uh, a lot of people who were very uh, committed to changing who who the people were at the decision-making tables all the way through her career, which were definitely part of of the equation, but how she was perceived and, um, and how she was critiqued. Uh, throughout her career and, and how that would have been different if she had been a, a man or a mm-hmm. white man at that. Yeah, well, you know, she, she, she was absolutely well aware of who and what she, uh, who, who she is, what she is. And, um, you know, when she, when she ran for uh, district attorney, um, uh, she went to the San Francisco Public Library, which is a great public library, um, by the way, and she um, got copies of photos of, of all her predecessors as district attorney. And of course, they were all white guys. Um, and and that was that made up the brochure, uh, one of her one of her campaign mailers. Um, and then when she was attorney general, um, everyone who preceded her was 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 a white man. Um, so she, you know, she's she's very well aware of 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 who she is, and 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 I, I think um, I think in California, and in, in, in no small measure, it it uh, uh, it was beneficial uh, to her, but also she had she had um, uh, uh, you know I I mean you would know better than I do. She she had. Um, issues that she had to overcome. I'm sure there were many instances where where she was dismissed uh, unfairly 
um, and uh, and underestimated. Well, I know she was underestimated. Uh, she certainly was underestimated by her opponent uh, in the in the race for attorney general, um, uh, the district attorney of of Los Angeles. I I I think he thought that that um, that he was going to win. Uh, he you know came close to winning, uh, but but not close enough and. Uh, uh, you know, I do think that that she was underestimated uh, many times, um, and and this is not a person to trifle with, not a person to underestimate. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I think to that end, I think her candidacy. Just thinking about like her, just the you know the section of her life that is like the presidential and and vice presidential nomination, and kind of what we've seen. Um, since the November election through inauguration, it's, it's really, I think it's almost, you know, again, two sides of the same coin that she was not successful in her, in her primary run, you know, which I think, you know, I don't know if we necessarily saw that as like the canary in the coal mine for January 6th, but I think there was definitely some, some correlation around the, um, the connection of the backlash of, you know, we had Obama for eight years and then we got Trump and there was this, you know, thought or, or, you know, we could have another person of color in the White House. And it was uh, reminiscent of that same, um, that same literal rebellion uh, that I think took it to another level. And I think um, it's, it's very, uh, you know, I think if we had been able to see it, like now that I'm looking at them, like, of course it, it all definitely makes sense for a variety of reasons. Um, and, but I think there's, um, it, it's uh, going to be very interesting to see how that plays out ongoing. Um, how you know how how do you see that? Do you do you make the same connection? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But then you know you can't forget Hillary Clinton. I mean the 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 campaign against her in twenty sixteen, you know, it's crazy. Some of the stuff that 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 was said and written about her um, uh, by her opponent and 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 by those who who opposed her and and the same stuff. Um, goes on with with Vice President Harris certainly during during the campaign. Um, you know, she she entered the presidential campaign with her eyes open. She knew that it was a long shot. It's always a long shot. It's really hard to get the the party's nomination, and she was running against um, very talented um, politicians, um, and a lot of them. Um, you know, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren. These people didn't get to where they are by accident. Um, and then the early candidates, I mean, Kristen Gillibrand from your state, um, the, these, are, these are really formidable people. So she knew that she had, that, that it was a 10% chance that, that she could win. She also um, thought that she could do the job and, and you know, she, she ran to win without a doubt. Um, you know, I do think that you know, although it's it's Kamala Harris's Kamala's way in American life, it, it's really a, a California story. I'm not sure that she could have risen in another yeah. state. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I do think that California 
um, uh, in, increasingly is 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 open to um, uh, to people who aren't who don't all look like me who aren't all white guys, um, you know, and that's great. Um, it, it, certainly in 2010, when she ran for attorney general, it was very close, but, um, uh, but, but she won. I'm not sure she would have won in Texas. I'm not sure she would have won in New York, right. um, many other states. Um, so, so it is, it is a California story. Um, but it's also, you know, when you, when I think about her, I think about transition. I mean, she's a transitional figure. She's a transitional figure in California. Um, uh, in, and I think that nationally, that's that, that she also is a transitional figure. Now, whether she becomes president is a whole other question, mm-hmm. which we could talk about. But but the but the um, but what we ha- but what is going on in California um, is going. It will be going on in much of the rest of the country. Um, you know, we, we are, we are, you know, a majority minority state, um, have been for a long time. Um, uh, we're a state of immigrants and a nation of immigrants. And, and, you know, I think we're better for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it's really interesting because you think of, you know, like you think of the state of California and you think of San Francisco as being like the, the left, the, the most li- one of the most liberal places on earth. And, but interestingly, as she, you know, climbed her leadership ladder, she seemed and, and, you know, would love to, to get your thoughts. She seemed like she was much more um, conservative from the, the standpoint of being more reserved when she was a D, the DA, um, as opposed to when she was the attorney general. And then when she went to the Senate, it was like a whole different ball game. But what do you think attributed to that where she was, you know, she started out in this bastion of, of liberalism, um, but she wasn't as, as liberal or progressive as, you know, some probably may have wanted her to be. Well, that, that's true. I mean, she, she was elected district attorney in 2003 um, uh, by running a little bit to the right of the incumbent. The incumbent was, was um, a, a former defense attorney, a uh, very liberal guy. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, the, I think the endorsement editorial in the Chronicle said Kamala Harris for law and order. Um, you know, she's, she was, she, she did come in. Uh, I mean, you can't run in San Francisco as, as a conservative, you're not going to win. Um, it was clear that she was, that she was a liberal and would be as progressive as she could be. Um, but, uh, but no, she, you're right. She ran, she ran as, as the more conservative person when she was running for, uh, attorney general, um, there were positions she took that that were uh, to the left of her opponent, um, uh, the death penalty being one. But you know, California's elected anti-death penalty attorneys general before, um, so long as they uh, promise to enforce the law, which is what she did. Um, uh, Californians seem to be okay with that. Um, though we're, we've become increasingly ambivalent toward um, toward the death penalty. Um, so I think, um, you know, I do think that she had to 
modulate some of her uh, uh, opinions. I mean, you know, even uh, we saw it, everybody saw it during during the vice presidential debate where um, Vice President Pence was talking over her and she smiled and said, I'm speaking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, she, I mean, it was like, I, I don't know. Maybe you've been in that situation before. <laughs> I'm not sure that, that, that a guy would have handled it, you know, that way. But I mean, it was so deft. It was so telling. Um, so, yeah, so she's been in this position before and, um, and, and navigates it. I mean, she's, she's, she, you know, she's has shown herself to be, um, um, adept at doing that, but she has to, um, as certainly as attorney general and as district attorney, she, you know, she could have gone further than, than she went. Um, I, I think she went as far as she thought she could politically. Um, and in some instances, she really did stretch the law. She, she uh, stretched the bounds of the law. Um, when she was in the U.S. Senate, it was different. She didn't have to, um, you know, the DA and the Attorney General, they have to enforce the law as they are. A U.S. Senator doesn't ha is not constrained that way. And so she could be um, perhaps more, uh, more herself. And she really did go to Washington as part of the, uh, she, she um, promised to be part of the resistance to Trump, and she was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, people really, really saw her as, as pragmatic uh, with, you know, the ultimate goal in mind. Like, you know, you have to, to compromise, and it's not always a straight line to get to where you want to be, um, but you make pragmatic decisions along the way. And I think um, she definitely... Uh, exhibited that throughout her career. Um, pivoting back to the the presidential, uh, you know, really you know, would love to get your thoughts about. It seemed like um, you know, other than running as you know, I'm going to to hold Donald Trump accountable. Like there was, there seemed to just be kind of a, a lack of. Um, a lot of policy depth there, and I think a, a you know some would probably say a, a fear of of getting pinned down on particular on, on any particular policy, and I was really um, that was like a, a real question mark for me having seen her very you know what felt very like very clear plans and clear goals when she was AG or DA and it was not as um as specific when she ran for president what do you what do you you know or is there anything that we could possibly you know of course we're all opining because we're we don't know what was going on in her mind uh, or the mind of her um you know policy folks but what do you think you know, was behind that. Mm -hmm. Well, so I wasn't on the campaign trail. So, uh, you know, and having been on a campaign trail um, in the past, uh, uh, I, I know what I don't know in this, in this regard, but, you know, certainly from what I read uh, and interviews after the fact, um, in the course of doing the reporting for this book, um, uh, you know, it was just, it, you know, running for president is really hard. It's not like running for the U.S. Senate from California or Attorney General. You're, you're, um, every word is parsed. Uh, uh, if you show up late for a, 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 a gathering in Iowa, that's noted. Um, uh, you know, it just, it just, it, it didn't work. I mean, there are, 
many examples of presidents and nominees who have run multiple times before and then, you know, and then, and then get the nomination. I'm sure she learned a lot from, from this experience. She got out early um, before her name was on the, before uh, the vote in Iowa, before her name was, you know, fortunately for her, before her name was on the ballot in California, because she would not have won in California. And that would have been quite embarrassing. Um, So, um, you know, so she, she knew when to, step away, um, which was important. Um, you know, why it wasn't a better campaign, I, um, you know, there, there, there are a lot of, um, a lot of example, a lot of um, finger pointing, a lot of back and forth, you know, maybe it was, uh, it was just not her time. Um, she never raised money in, in the way they thought that she could raise money. She could never, um, uh, get at Joe Biden's support in South Carolina, and really South Carolina was key to their strategy, at least going into the campaign. She had to do well in South Carolina, um, and and she could never she could never um, uh, get past um, President Biden's um, really extraordinarily strong support in South Carolina and, and um, many of the other states that followed. So. Um, uh, Next time when she runs, I think she'll probably do a little bit better. I think so. <laughs> I, I definitely think so. Definitely a lot of lessons learned, uh, and you know, you know, so much of it you can only uh, learn by doing. So you know, it's uh, you know definitely uh, looking to see uh, where where you know, what, what is her next chapter? What is her next chapter? I think we all know what her chapter is going to be, but what is that actually going to look like? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, her candidacy has been, her candidacy, her nomination, and now uh, her serving as vice president has been, uh, you know, just countless thought pieces and memes and and all of all of the things about the what it means for women and girls and particularly women and girls of color in this country and the aspirations uh, how have you seen uh, over the course of of her career how she has um, inspired or kind of broken the mold or broken through for other women in the state of California well um you know, she she has gone out of her way to endorse people who um, uh, have been um, who are women. Um, uh, she has um, um, so she she has supported um, uh, other candidates. Made clear that 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 uh, um, you know she she repeats all the time her. Her, her mother's uh, wisdom that you know you may be the first but make sure you're not the last mm-hmm. uh, admonition um, so um, she endorsed London breed uh, co-endorsed her uh, actually uh, along with uh, with her good friend Mark Leno um, uh, but she uh, uh, you know London breed had helped her win the attorney general's race um, she um, endorsed uh, in the Sacramento district attorney's race a few years back, a former deputy attorney general who had handled one of the high profile cases um, that her office uh, uh, 
uh, undertook uh, against Backpage.com. So um, you know, she has made a point of 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 helping those who are, um, you know, sort of of the next generation. To her credit, um, uh, you know, you you don't get to where you are without someone giving you a hand, and and I think she understands that, and you know, probably you know, pays it for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, she has been, you know, as, as I said, in, in our first kind of interaction with her, uh, she was, she has been so committed to that. Uh, and I think there has, there've been, you know, countless women who have stepped off the sidelines to run, uh, or step into some sort of leadership, uh, because of, of watching her and, you know, thinking through what her evolution uh, in in her career has has meant for the state of California, uh, and you know, love to get your your take on what does it mean, or what who, who are does her election as vice president change uh, who we are or who we think we are. As as Americans having a, a black uh, a, the the first woman the first African or black woman uh, South woman of South Asian descent um, as as vice president what does that say about our body politic that we could do that but still have this insurrection you know fourteen days before she was sworn in but yeah well. Uh, you know, I think I think um, great historians are going to be um, looking at that for uh, you know decades to come. Uh, but you know, we're a we're a split nation. I mean, even in California, you know, California uh, uh, Californians voted in mass for Joe Biden, gave him more than 11 million votes. Um, uh, he beat Donald Trump here by 5 million, but that means 6 million people in California voted for Donald Trump, more than in any other state, uh, more than Texas, more than Florida, more Californians voted for Donald Trump. Um, so, uh, you know, we're a, we're a divided nation and it, it I, I don't, you know, the temperature has lowered a little bit in the last couple of weeks that, that President Trump hasn't been on Twitter. Uh, but, uh, but you know that it's there and it's, and, and it's not going away. Um, uh, you know, I've seen it throughout my career. Um, I remember one of the very first stories I covered as a, a baby reporter down in San Diego County involved, a you know, a Klansman. Um, and, and, uh, uh, you know, this stuff has been going on uh, and it's and, and you know it's 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 um it's sustained but it it doesn't go away does it no i know unfortunately uh, i think it's um you know the duality of where we are as as a nation uh and trying to um you know bring together i mean you know Kamala Harris is the quintessential right at this moment, this quintessential um, or embodiment of uh, intersectionality, uh, mm-hmm. Kimberly Crenshaw's uh, term that she coined um, many, many years ago of you know, race, gender, 
identity as well as I think the the role as prosecutor and how that is as as a tough prosecutor, which we have seen time and time again with her, um, is you know, almost is contrary to the role that you know the you know June Cleaver role of of womanhood of American womanhood, and um, I think it's really uh, shows kind of the, this this progression and regression at the same time mm-hmm. um, that is that is really uh, very very fascinating and the things that will be written uh, in the future are are tremendous and are you know going to be there's going to be a lot of classes about this <laughs> lots and lots of classes yeah. PhDs you know, she really did she spent a lot of years prosecuting crimes you know like a line prosecutor and and you know, any, I've spent a lot of time covering courts in my career and and trials, and you know, especially in especially for for county prosecutors. I mean, they see some awful things. Uh, certainly, the aftermath of of awful crimes that has an effect, um, and and it toughens a person. You can't be unaffected by mm-hmm. um, by the horrible things you know people can do to one another so I'm sure that that affects her to this day um, uh, but she's also she's well aware of 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 you know her symbolism I mean mm-hmm. it, it's it, um, you know I don't I mean she didn't need to wear it on her sleeve she is what she is and and um, uh, and she she knows she's aware of it, and you know, and it, it's good. I talked to a fifth grade class last week, and and um, and uh, you know, in California, uh, public schools are are um, you know, it's 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 uh, uh, it's 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 everybody you can imagine, and um, you know, it was just so delightful to see these you know little girls. You could say, well, you know, look at her. She you know, you could be that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it pretty cool. So yeah. If you see it, you can be it. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked a little in the beginning about the fact that you had to, you know, that you didn't necessarily have a stack of notes to immediately pull from um, mm-hmm. when pulling this book together. Were there any stories or um, anecdotes that came up in your reporting that didn't make it into the book that are, you know, kind of things that you've held on to personally that you're like, you know, that was that was something that I that mm-hmm. I didn't know or was really striking um, that, you know, because editors are editors, it got cut. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, well, first of all, I had this amazing editor at Simon & Schuster, Priscilla Payton. Um, so so there, was, there, there was very, very, very little left on the cutting room floor. Um, and, you know, not, not really. Um, I, you know, I, 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 I mean, I certainly heard things that were off the record and, and as you know, off the record's off the record, and so that that's going to remain off the record. Um, uh, and uh, um, but uh, but no, I mean everything that was pretty much everything that was on the record uh, uh, made its way into the book. If I had had a couple more weeks, there would have been a couple more chapters. Um, there would have been, I would have looked under a few more rocks, and who knows what I would have found. But but um, but no, it was. Um, uh, the, it was um, uh, pretty much everything I 
came across that I that was on the record made it into the book. And there's some off the record things, like I say, that just are going to remain so until the the sources of them decide otherwise. So anyway, you got to honor that. That's just basic journalism, basic reporting. Oh, of course, of course. I, I, there would be no one would talk to the press if there if you couldn't actually have believe that things would be stay off the mm-hmm. record. Yeah. yeah. So having having written this, what do you want readers to take away from Kamala's way? Well, I think it's, um, uh, well, like I say, I, I, I really do think it's a California story. It, 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 California is a character in this book it, it, from, from her birth, from 1964. It, it is, um, uh, you know, it's, it's the the superintendent of schools in Berkeley uh, uh, is is a pivotal figure in the whole desegregation effort uh, in, for the nation, but certainly in Berkeley. Um, uh, you know, you think about you think about what was going on in Berkeley and the San Francisco Bay Area, and, and when she was a toddler and and little girl, um, the anti-war movement really was focused in in Berkeley and San Francisco and um, uh, and the civil rights movement and all these sorts of things it, it was just it was such a hub of activity um, so it so it, and her her rise through politics I mean again I don't think it could have happened in any other state um, uh, and and you know you think about San Francisco itself so I mean you know, my goodness, um, uh, you know, Willie Brown was a legendary assembly speaker and, and then a really powerful mayor. Um, Nancy Pelosi uh, comes from San Francisco, Diane Feinstein, um, uh, and now Kamala Harris. This is before Kamala Harris, Barbara Boxer uh, was, uh, was uh, you know, really came from, from that uh, political organization. Um, so it's it's a it's a fascinating story about how you know you had said earlier earlier that San Francisco is this incredibly liberal place and and it is um, sometimes crazy <laughs> uh, liberal um, but but really the people who have been produced out of San Francisco um, are having incredible impact on 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 the on the national debate um, Nancy Pelosi Diane Feinstein. Um, Kamala Harris, most of all now. So, um, so that's part of it. Um, uh, and then, um, you know, this the, Kamala Harris is really um, she. she um, the the one thing that I was unaware of had when I started doing the reporting was was it was her empathetic side. I had not been aware of it. Um, you know, I, I've never really been an access journalist. I've never tried to become great friends with people who I write about, and so I never, you know, I never made that effort with with Kamala Harris. Whether I would have succeeded is another question, but I never did. Um, so I didn't know aspects of her, and and one of the things that I learned um, was that you know she would reach out to people um, in in instances where they were in pain, where they were near the end of life, um, and just hold their hand in, in ways that, that um, 
the public would never know, <laughs> except for, you know, I mean, I came along and, and when I started hearing these stories, I, I thought, well, that's, that's an interesting through line, not one that I'm aware of. And it really humanized her. I mean, she, you know, I think of a, of a woman in, um, uh, who had one of her very early campaign uh, workers, AIDS, fundraisers, um, her daughter uh, died uh, unexpectedly of a seizure. And, and um, um, Senator Harris and Attorney General Harris uh, never missed uh, an opportunity to make a phone call on um, important um, anniversaries. You, you know, anybody who's lost, anybody knows that, that anniversary dates can, can be really hard. And, um, uh, you know, she, she takes the time to, to make a call. And, and I think it, you know, it certainly matters. It certainly helps. Calls people on their birthdays. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of sweet. <laughs> and you don't think of that because you think of her as, as this, you know, kind of tough, um, uh, questioner, Brett Kavanaugh, you know, yet she calls, um, uh, the Stockton mayor, then the Stockton mayor on, on the occasion of the birth of her, of his son and, uh, uh, and on his birthday and, um, you know, campaign workers on their birthdays. So anyway, that, that was, um, uh, an aspect. And I think it's an aspect she shares with, with president Biden. I mean, I don't know president Biden. Um, but, uh, but from everything I've read and 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 seen, uh, he's he's an empathetic guy. Uh, whether he knew that about his running mate, uh, she is too. So interesting. Yeah, um, I think there is a level of um, palpable compassion in, between the two of them that they have um, that they that they just exude. Uh, in their interactions with people. And um, I think that was one of the things that I most enjoyed about the book that you, in addition to you know, breaking down the politics and, and the decision-making in the prosecution uh, and the campaigns, it also brought in the, the humanity uh, and the compassion and how, uh, how funny and um, generous uh, she is uh, as, as a person. Uh, and was really, um, you know, it, it warmed my heart to read it because uh, it was very much the, the interactions that I've had with her over the years have definitely were mirrored in, um, in your book. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, she, she's, um, she is, uh, she, she's going to be a figure on our on the national stage for um, four years, I'm sure uh, she's going to run for president again in four or eight years or 12 years, whenever, you know, whenever it, it, it may be. Um, so, so we'll all get to see this. Um, uh, I'm, I am interested in, in your uh, interactions with her. So, so you did it, you came at it as a, uh, as a campaign operative, basically, in, in trying to figure out whether to endorse her or somebody else. What was that? What, what's that process? Well, well for, for her, there, was, there wasn't another uh, Black woman running, and it was 2016, and there were no Black women in the U.S. Senate. Oh. And uh, we were very much uh, vested in trying to put a Black woman back in the Senate and had supported uh, 
Donna Edwards, who ran in Maryland, and and Kamala Harris. And uh, Donna, unfortunately, didn't make it through the primary. Uh, but so we put all of our eggs in in the the Senate basket in California. And um, so we worked with her campaign and and figured out how we could be helpful in a state as big as California. And um, you know, really just you know bringing awareness and reminding people that it was out there was was our place. But what was very um, you know beautiful about that connection uh, was that she was committed. She said, you know, you are doing so. Higher Heights is a national organization focused on elevating Black women's political engagement, and she said, you are doing what my mother told me to always do. And she committed to being supportive, uh, lifting us up wherever she could. She has been part of some of our events over the years, and um, has been really generous with her, her, her counsel of us as we were building this organization. Um, and uh, we really consider her uh, not just a candidate that we have supported, but a true friend of the organization. Uh, and she has you know, always said, you know, whatever I can do to help elevate more black women and her people have called us and said, okay, who are you looking at? And, you know, who should I, who should be on my radar? Uh, because she is that committed to lifting up other women, uh, and particularly women of color. So that has, uh, been, been our relationship over the years. And we're really excited to, uh, see her leadership now at this level and how she brings the totality of her experience into all of those decisions, uh, you know, that the White House will be making over the next four years. And I think we've already begun to see uh, her impact in those conversations. So with okay. that, we are um, actually running, we're out of time. This has been great. I think we could have probably gone for another hour as you know, all really good conversations go. Um, but thank you again, Dan, so much for, first off, for writing this book. And secondly, for this amazing conversation uh, today. And to everyone watching, thank you for joining us. We have a link below to Dan's book, Kamala's Way. And please visit Zoclo's website, zoclopublicsquare.org, to read a summary of this talk and many other essays and articles and other conversations like this one. Thank you again. Thank you, Dan. Thank, thank, thank you, Kimberly. This is this. Thank you for the great questions and the great conversation. And 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 again, Zocalo Public Square is is um, uh, such an important part of the public dialogue these days. And and I appreciate everything you guys are are, are doing. Thank, Thank you. you.